0: If this is Shark Tank, you got my shark. Hello and welcome to Good Bad Show. My name is Andy and this is Good Bad Show. I'm Matt. This is a podcast where Matt and I talk about things that we think are good or bad and every week we give them a big thumbs up or a a big thumbs down.
1: This is a podcast where we try to set the record for fast podcasts.
0: I didn't even realize I was doing it so fast. I'm just trying to do an impression of one of my favorite YouTube series, Matt, that I would like to share with our listeners. Uh, Are you familiar with griffin's amiibo corner
1: no okay i thought we were just doing a speed run i thought we were doing a speed run podcast i was excited about it
0: it's funny i didn't even mean to say the beginning that fast but i recognize i probably did this is my natural way i'm always slowing myself down intentionally so i don't Mm -hmm. sound too fast here's the deal you're familiar with the McElroy boys everyone knows those mackle boys right
1: yeah famous from trolls too
0: Famous from Trolls 2, famous from their smash hit comedy podcast, famous from their smash hit Dungeons and Dragons podcast, famous from their TV show they made on CISO that's now on iTunes. Uh, these these good, good boys have become a small media empire, uh, and for a long time, for the past, up until very recently, both Griffin and... Justin, two of these three brothers, I'm just taking it as red that everyone knows who the McElroy brothers I mean, how would you find our podcast and not know who the McElroy brothers were? That's basically impossible, right? It'd
1: be weird. It'd be a weird Venn diagram. You it would know? be so
0: weird. Uh, but not everyone that knows the McElroys knows that Griffin and Justin, uh, up until very, very recently, uh, also basically worked full time for the video game website Polygon. Uh, I mm-hmm. assume you're familiar with Polygon. Have seen an article or two on there, right?
1: Yeah, sure. I listened to a Polygon podcast in my life. Did you Did you know that
0: that was their their jam for for many years?
1: I did know that. Yes. Yeah. So very
0: recently, they decided to leave their gigs at Polygon and basically commit full time to their other podcast projects with various family members and each other which I think is very exciting for them. Uh, wish them all the best, of course. Uh, there is some content on Polygon that I will miss. Uh, I'm not a big video game player, uh, only because if I played video games, they would consume my entire life, and I would have nothing left of my identity except for what I see reflected back at me in the video game screen. Uh, <laughs> I, I avoid them for my own mental health and well-being.
1: But You don't want to spend your whole life collecting lavender or something.
0: I, I, ooh, I gather so much lavender. Uh, but the i like to watch video game content on the internet because it gives me a little taste a little, little taste of that that good good video game drug that you don't i don't have to had wait to give for the up whole in high loading school.
1: screen you can just watch five minutes on youtube and get out of it it's yeah safe.
0: and honestly like the safe distance and honestly this is a topic for another time i think for you and i to go into more depth but mm-hmm. i always tend to love the culture and fandom around a thing even more than the original thing itself and this is true of like everything in my life that i love like the art that I love, it's, I really love the sort of world that springs up around it of mm-hmm. things that are fan made and fans talking to each other about stuff. And so the Justin and, Tr- and Griffin had some really excellent uh, things on Polygon that I really enjoyed. Uh Carboys was a YouTube series. I really enjoyed uh, even though Nick, the other guy that Griffin did the series with ended up being a little bit of a scumbag, which is unfortunate, but that's men for you. Uh, and They also did this YouTube series called uh, Monster Factory. Have you ever seen a Monster Factory video? Oh, I love
1: Monster Factory. Oh, I've watched almost all the Monster Factories. That I love.
0: Monster Factory is very, very good. They basically go into video games, and they try and use the character creator to make the most hideous, comical characters they possibly can, and then they go and play the games a little bit with them, and oftentimes Griffin will hop into the console and enter some cheat codes into the game and manipulate the world, uh, and many, many, many other sort of things that they've done. But, Matt, the one that I'm going to miss the most... The thing that is gonna stick out most in my mind is a a little known YouTube series compared to these other ones called Griffin's Amiibo Corner. Uh and this is a YouTube series where Griffin uh basically like satirizes bad YouTube channels where he like gets a crappy mic, even though he owns extremely expensive professional podcasting gear. Uh, and he plays this character of this like awkward, fast talking uh nerd who is reviewing amiibos on his YouTube channel. Uh, and the joke is that Every Amiibo he reviews, he talks about the the quality of it, how nice the paint lines are, uh, if it's a good pose they chose for the character. And then he always ends the sort of short YouTube video by trying to fit the entire Amiibo in his mouth. (laughs) No matter what it is, he'll just jam the entire Amiibo in there and then report on how that was in his mouth. Uh, And he's probably, I'm going to say... 30 amiibo corner videos I maybe I could look it up real quick there's there's, there's a fair amount of them most of them are between two and five minutes so it's not a hugely lengthy endeavor to watch watch all of them Uh, but as this series kind of went on uh, Griffin started to do more and more weird stuff with the series and kind of develop this character a little bit more and started to get a little weird with it Uh, and I really like the weird stuff and I don't want to spoil it so this is gonna be a short episode because I don't want to explain what happens over the course of griffin's amiibo corner uh but <laughs> suffice it to say uh if this sounds at all interesting to you if a weird uh, you know experimental satiristic youtube series about eating amiibos uh sounds like it might be up your alley then you have to check out griffin's amiibo corner uh and i think what we can do instead of talking more about this specific thing is just talk about the fact that so griffin actually uh if you've listened to bim Bam at all you'll know that he was named uh, Forbes 30 Under 30 media influencer uh, on on their list, uh, I think last year, uh, 2017, 2016, maybe. And uh, he constantly talks about how hilarious that is given he just does dumb stuff, like put Amiibos <laughs> in his mouth. And to me, it's like, I don't know. I mean, obviously, Griffin and Justin uh, are in this position where they... Their, like, whole career is making content for the web, and they have a huge following, which gives them a leg up in making anything interesting and putting it out there. If somebody that wasn't Griffin McElroy, if you or I tried to make uh, Matt's Amiibo Corner and made the same videos, uh, I'm sure they would get one of one hundredth the sort of attention that Griffin's Amiibo Corner has gotten. Because, uh, again, in the grand scheme of things that Griffin has done on Polygon, not the most popular thing. Uh, oh, have you ever seen Griffin's Nuzlocke run of Pokemon? No. mm that's a great YouTube series, too. Uh, a lot of good content on there. Anyway, if so I recognize that they have this platform, which means that they have some leeway, and also, like, having successful podcasts and, like, full-time jobs that pay well mean they are afforded, like, Griffin's job at Polygon afforded him the time to be experimental and do this thing, but to me, it's really, like, it's a great celebration of both, like, the weirdness of the Internet, because this kind of thing could not have ever existed in a pre-Internet world, Uh, Like, it's just not a thing that would have made any sense, right? There's no way you could have distributed this thing. No way you could have, like, you know, made people aware of it, that it would ever have sort of succeeded. Uh, So it's this weird, like, it's just Griffin sitting in a room with a bad webcam and an intentionally bad mic, like, doing dumb stuff. Uh, And it's also, to me, a testament of, like, just being willing to do something stupid, like, that you know is stupid, because you think that it could be something interesting in, like, committing to the bit, basically, and following through. And trying to, like, do that. And I, I don't know. I, I do feel like a little bit of the, like, punk rock, do something stupid, and just because you want to do it uh, world of, of web content is not as vibrant as it was in the early days of all these platforms. Like, now that everyone's got Patreons and Twitch streams, it's like people are making the content that they know people are going to like and digest because they're trying to make a career out of this. And it's rare that somebody in such a position is able to be like, you know what? I'm going to put all the Amiibos in my mouth, every single one of them. <laughs> and I'm going to make a channel about that. And let's see what that can be. Uh, and so I really admire it in that sense, like artistically and creatively. Uh, and also I enjoy watching them because they're goofy and dumb. So, so yeah, I don't know. That's uh, that's my recommendation is go watch Griffin's Amiibo corner as a kind of send off for his many, many years at Polygon as he commits to doing more podcast projects moving forward.
1: I will. That sounds great. It also is a thing I love committing to something really, really stupid and spending a lot of time and energy on something really, really stupid. You know, you know, I've done a thing, thing or two like that. I I wish, uh, I wish I could get that kind of traction.
0: Well, yeah. And that's the thing is like, it's, it sounds silly to say, but it really is like, that's so much of what art is like just committing to the thing you're doing, Uh, art and comedy and everything. Like, it's just like, if you look at there's a lot of art that is basically like doing a trivial task, but doing it so many times that the act of committing to it, that commitment becomes the piece, right? Like you sat and cut the heads off of 900,000 matches and then aligned them all on a table and then with them on fire. And like the fact that like that table covered in 900,000 match heads, like that becomes the piece. Like as you, cause you, this story is told of this person that believed so much in this vision that they, essentially wasted a bunch of time doing this dumb thing <laughs> that like, I don't know. I think people that talk about art are often afraid to call things dumb. Like it's cause it sounds like, I mean, it is an insult, I guess, but, uh, I think that there's virtue in doing things that are like, like dumb to me means it doesn't like fit, with the expectations of what people have like defined something as like, like dumb to me is kind of punk rock, like doing a thing that people think is dumb and showing them that it cannot be dumb uh, or that they can even still be dumb, but like have an impact on them or like have some creative validity to it. uh, Something I really admire.
1: I have an idea. You know, how we should end this episode. I think we should bring it back to my dumb ideas note and I should read you some dumb ideas and we should see if we could, we can commit to them or not. I would love nothing more, Matt. Okay, can I read you some dumb ideas? Yes. Okay, here we go. Uh, some of them are dog-related because, you know, now I have a dog Now you're thinking about a dog a bunch. Yeah, I So I'm I get thinking, it. thinking a lot about dog stuff. You're like idea one.
0: Tape a bunch of stuff to the dog. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay, ready? Cover here, the dog in honey.
1: I've got three. I've got three for you right now. Here's idea number one. All right. Idea number one. So you've seen The Great British Bake Off, right? Oh,
0: have I? I love that show.
1: Okay. So, this is a spin off for everyone who loses, and it's called the Great British Dog Bake Off, where because they failed at baking for humans, they now bake for dogs.
0: <laughs> I love this. And of course, okay. everything they bake has to get, like, across the board, five stars. They can never decide who to send home because the dogs are just going ham on these big blades of, like, very carefully made cakes. <laughs>
1: yeah. I love and this. I also. Idea. I also think that and of course the judges are dogs. Yeah, that's right? so
0: of course, that's what I'm assuming. Yeah. Like you have you've yeah, got okay. and you, you got to get dogs that like vaguely resemble the yeah. original hosts of the of the Great British Bake Off, right? So you get some like small like wiry chihuahua or something for Mary Berry and you get like a big bulldog with like, you know, gray spiky hair for Paul Hollywood. Uh, actually it's then, it's
1: mary it's mary barky and paul holly woof
0: oh right of course my mistake my mistake yeah, uh okay. and then you gotta get like i don't know like two like french bulldogs for the for the hosts maybe mm-hmm. they have kind of a french bulldog vibe they're like friendly and like a little bit energetic
1: yeah maybe they're so, more like maybe they're just more like golden retrievers i don't know but the but the key to the show is that there is like an end game like i'm sure you've seen the idea of a dog like a, a baked good for dogs right like you oh, go yeah. into a pet store, or you go into a regular bakery and they just have dog baked goods. Like there is, I I always have to wonder if like if if people who make baked goods for pet stores are just failed bakers and that's what they do now instead. But there is an end game. It's not just. I bet they're for probably
0: the... animal lovers that also have a penchant <laughs> for baking. More likely,
1: <laughs> I like to think they like had a bakery and then it got shut down for health concerns. So they're like, oh, I mean, it was for dogs, and then. You just let dogs so in. Like hap- so
0: like a really haphazard sign up front. It's like dog in front of the bakery sign.
1: <laughs> yeah, exactly. Sure, 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 sure. Spray Man, I
0: think this is a fabulous idea. This would be an amazing, like, I don't know, short YouTube series. Uh, it does. Here's my concerns. Mm-hmm. One, it's going to require a significant production budget. Yep. We're going to need a big tent. And like, I imagine we like, we do all the same bits, right? So, you know, when they're making the thing and the judges come around to ask them what they're doing, we just like put these dogs in front of these people. And then make them explain to the dog what they're doing while well, the dog's <laughs> looking away, eating some ingredients <laughs> off of the bench. Uh, like, and they just, you got to do all the pieces. And then, of course, you have to do the part where, like, on the technical challenge, the, the, the dogs are sitting over in a separate tent. And you put mm-hmm. this thing between them. And then they just eat it really fast. And you, like, keep the camera on them for, like, five minutes as they finish this plate of, like, the technical bacon. Of course, the dogs aren't explaining anything. They're dogs. But you commit yeah. to it. You shoot it as if they are explaining things.
1: Yep, I like it. I like it a lot. This sounds great, right. Matt. You're giving away some good IP on this show. I know. Okay, you ready for number two? This could be, this could be a real money maker. Number two. I'm you so ready? in love
0: with number one. I don't know how you're going to top
1: it. Well, the number number one is a show. Number two is a product. So it's also it's a it's also a product for dogs. So this is this is gonna maybe it's gonna be in the same store. We'll see. Maybe the baked goods end up in the same store. All right. Okay, So this is is a toy for dogs that look like socks, so that dogs don't steal your socks and. They're, they're shaped like socks and made out of similar material, so you can you, you can wear them. Because I think what dogs like about the socks is that they smell like you. So you can wear the socks, and then the dogs take them so they don't take your socks. And and actually, they're just socks that you buy and repackage and sell them for more money. I was
0: going to say, the more you describe it, it sounded like you're just talking about socks.
1: I'm basically but... talking about socks where I purchase them for less money, and I repackage repack- them as dog toy socks, and then you just give those to your dog instead of eating your socks. But actually, I'm just making some profit off this. Now,
0: I don't have this problem because Sadie is very very uh, classy lady. She does not take anything that does not belong to her, uh, with mm-hmm. rare exception. Uh, the, yeah. the only time she does is if she's really mad at us. Like if we leave her home alone in the in the evening or something, we have somewhere to go at night. We'll like walk her after work and then go out for a few hours. She'll get really mad she's been left alone. And what she'll do mm-hmm. is she'll just kind of gather a couple of our belongings that were within her reach and put them all on her bed in a little shrine. Like she'll put mm-hmm. like some shoes <laughs> yeah. there and like a tote bag... And like, you know, just pile them up and like there, I took all your stuff. Now what are you gonna do? Or maybe she's trying to like summon us if she like puts all the pieces together and like mm-hmm. sprinkles some dust over it. So I don't have this problem, but I love the idea of hawking cheap stuff to people that we upsell. And here here's yeah. the, here's here's the one the one thought technology i have introduced to to you here, I think is gonna really change this product. Bacon smell.
1: Oh, yeah. Well so I mean, I mean stocks come want with to bacon, bacon smell? We don't or do want you those one star put... <laughs>
0: reviews where somebody buys our socks and then says dog ignored these socks continued to eat my regular socks one star yeah we have to make sure Sure. the dogs are extremely interested in these socks we get a bunch of fish sauce or bacon drippings (laughs) throw them on these socks (laughs) smoke them out right put all the socks in a big tray in a big smoker smoke them for a while uh now that is going to be something the dogs are not going to be able to refuse
1: do you think what's better the smell of your owner like you put them on your feet or the smell of bacon
0: i don't know i'm probably the smell of bacon has your dog ever looked at you and immediately just tried to eat you
1: I have a puppy, yes.
0: Okay, well, uh, I think bacon, probably, given that that is an edible okay. thing, and you are not an edible thing.
1: Mm. Well, debatable, but yes. I mean, Sounds good. anything's edible if we try hard enough, I guess. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I did see a guy eat an airplane once on uh, Ripley's Believe It or Not. So. Yeah,
0: I mean, also small to, enough quantities. That point.
1: Small enough quantities, everything is edible. You know, just like shave a little bit or whatever on top of some pizza. You can eat it. That's true. That's how. Uh, that's how you sell pizza with gold on it. Um, all right, right you ready? Time. You're Give ready me that third final... idea, bring us home. We got the third and final idea. Okay, so this is, uh, you're familiar with Akashi cereal, right? Healthy, uh, yes. Healthy cereal for old people, basically? Oh, is it for olds? Well, I mean, it's not for youngs. It's, oh, okay. It's boring and it's healthy, Yeah, right?
0: sure, I've seen it. Definitely never purchased it or eaten it myself, because I'm, I'm a young.
1: Okay, so here's their problem. They don't appeal to the youth. Yeah, so what you totally. Do I've definitely never bought find... it at all. Yeah, so you you find something that... That the youth like like a soundcloud rapper right mm, or dabbing and you call it yeah sure or dabbing so anyway so they're gonna appeal to the youth uh who like soundcloud rappers and they come out with a new product called kashi 69 cereal which, <laughs> i uh, thought for sure
0: this was gonna be a little Xan pun that was coming <laughs> i thought you were gonna find a way to sneak another one in
1: no this is uh but it's not unrelated <laughs> no it's not, not unrelated. unrelated it's the same it's the same ballpark yeah, you know. So, anyway, so there's a cereal called Kashi69. Yeah. And it, and it obviously has a 69 face tattoo. I, oh, for sure. However, we could do that with a cereal box. Because it's got six grams of fiber and nine grams of protein. This is perfect, too. It's healthy.
0: Matt, three for, for three. Kids. This
1: is Shark Tank. You got my shark. Also, when you pour it in your bowl, it makes your cereal rainbow, it makes your milk rainbow. Oh,
0: right. Because they like the colors, Those the kids. Also, Takashi69 has rainbow hair. What if we just put some Xanax in the cereal?
1: Hey. Kids love, kids like uh, Xanax. They like fake Xanax. They like rappers with rainbow hair and 69 face tattoos. They love all this stuff. We're old, aren't we? Well, I understood my own Kashi69 pun. (laughs) I'm sure the teens are going to love this one.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Make sure you put that in the tags for this episode. So everyone searching SoundCloud for their favorite SoundCloud rapper finds our episode of us being old and talking about a YouTube channel where a man puts Amiibos in his mouth.
1: Yeah, the key the key to this is that uh, uh, you are one of the only people that is going to understand this pun. So I kind of have to float it by you because Susanna not going to understand it. Most of my other friends are not going to understand it. There's not that many people who overlap who have the Takashi Six <laughs> Nine and Kashi serial reference overlap. You know, it's true. And also, to be fair, I am
0: barely aware. I've never listened to his music. I've only seen internet posts about him. Basically,
1: that's all you need, man. Okay. There's, well, it's it's a got. pretty shallow. It's a pretty shallow reference and pun. Alright,
0: well, you know what? Our listeners have nothing to complain about. We gave them a great recommendation for their own media consumption, and we also gave them three award-winning, top-tier ideas. I'm just saying, if you, like, if you get a production budget and are making a Great British Bake Off for dogs, I just want a piece of that pie. I just want a cameo. I want something.
1: You want a piece of that pie for dogs.
0: Exactly. Give me that dog pie.